All right, welcome back to the Jaunty Mantis. This is a podcast full of creative questions for curious gamers. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maddie, and I'm still that other guy, the other guy, Jesse. Jesse, yeah, that's my name. I should introduce myself. I'm Jesse. Yeah, I mean, here we are, season two, right? We've got a, a decent amount of active s- subscribers. Uh, you should introduce yourself now in every episode. We're professionals now. We are. Well, not really though. I mean, we're not we're enthusiastic amateurs. <laughs> we're enthusiasts, the worst kind. <laughs> and this is a podcast about tabletop role-playing games. Those are the uh, creative questions we're looking for. And part of the creative process is what season two is all about. What have we been doing for season two, Jesse? Well, we've been doing creations without number. That's right. World building with a light touch. Would that be accurate? I think it's been fairly light. I mean, we're not typing up massive resource documents. Oh my God. Yeah. Why would we do that? This is supposed to be fun. (laughs) Right. That is the first rule of our source material, which... If you're picking this up as the first one, we are using the amazing tables and tools in the books of Kevin Crawford's Sign Nominee Publishing. And this is our first episode where we're going to get a sci-fi. Oh, that's right. We've done cyberpunk fantasy. And now we're doing sci-fi with stars without number. And as usual, there is a free version of this book online by Kevin Crawford, sign nominee publishing. Um, check it out. It's an awesome book. When you find out you like it, I recommend you buy it. I do too. Yeah, it's awesome. So, you know, we're going to do our usual upfront, uh, you know, what, what is it called? No, it's not a warning preface. What are we, what am, what, I'm fucking blanking. Matt and I have been doing this for a while. Yeah. And so, Perfect. You know, if your process doesn't sound like this, please don't feel bad or discouraged. And if yeah. you're like, you guys really aren't all that. I've just listened to like six episodes of your first season. Um, feel free to write us in an email where you lie and tell us we are all that because yeah. I'm a fragile man child and I get upset very easily. That's right. Jauntymantis at gmail.com. All right. Jesse, do you have a third fabulous intro? for us in the vast expanse of the cosmos far beyond the reaches of known space lies a cluster of uncharted systems a mysterious realm where stars blaze like celestial beacons guiding or luring wayward souls as the starship's engines hum with the energy of a thousand suns your crew stands at the threshold of the unknown the ship A marvel of interstellar engineering is your sanctuary and your vessel to points unknown. Your mission? Explore these uncharted systems to uncover that which is ancient and buried on many a forgotten world, to negotiate with peoples long cut off from the light of the sun and unravel the mysteries that lie hidden in the depths of space. But beware, for not all secrets are meant to be unearthed. And the darkness between the stars holds perils beyond imagination and worlds 
without number. that was incredible so we're we're what stars without number i can't even talk wow no i said the wrong damn game (laughs) but they're all compatible so did i (laughs) perfect all right well what page are we starting with so the process has been two grown men roll dice on tables and then create science fiction fantasy and cyberpunk yeah that's what i've got my got my dice and my crown royal bag as is the tradition of one of the first gaming groups that i ever played in i don't know mine was that too and i don't know how it got passed to me because you weren't old enough to buy it for yourself no i mean like to keep my dice in the crown royal bag oh yeah i've had this for years this crown royal bag ever since it was first given to me that was how you knew you were in the group and All then right. some poor bastard had to drink crown royal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah where did all those bags come from I, okay anyway <laughs> um so again rules we're gonna we're gonna follow this rule main rule is am i having fun mm-hmm. if you're not stop all right, so the first thing we're going to do is randomly decide how many stars we have. Um, I am using a program called Hexographer that is basically creates a hex map. Hex maps are traditionally used in more OSR sci-fi games, which, by the way, I should mention, Worlds Without Number has a lot of Traveler in its DNA. Uh, you mean Stars Without Number? Yeah, Stars Without Number has a lot of Traveler in its DNA. And for the uh, audience who's not familiar with Traveler? Uh, Traveler is like one of the first games to really kind of compete with D&D. And it's basically uh, sci-fi. you are kind of got a trading ship. I don't think Firefly would exist without Traveler. Interesting. Interesting. All right, what page? We are on page 130. Okay. And can I reiterate that I'm glad we're not creating all of space? Because that would, <laughs> we would have to call this one endeavor without sanity (laughs) like just listener you don't have to create every planet in your galactic empire yeah what we're gonna do is we're gonna lay down the main planets or primary star systems get a couple tags on them and then just move on and then we're gonna come back to one and flesh that one out because that's the one where the campaigns would start all right so for this we are using a nine hex by 10 hex or actually i'm using an eight by uh 10. and so i need you to roll a 1d 10 and add 20. 25. 
All right, so our system will have 25 stars just for the sake of not running this into the ground. We'll place the first five. Perfect. So to place them, I basically need you to roll a, um, yeah, roll a D8 and a D10. On the D8, we got a one. Okay. On the D10, we got a five. Okay. So since my hex map is eight columns across and 10 columns down, I'm putting this halfway down the tens column in the one spot. That is where our first star is. Roll again. All right. I got a two. And then I got a 10. Okay, cool. And as we fill this in, one of the things they mentioned in the book that I think is really helpful to remember if you're creating this style of game is with the technology at the time, this kind of presupposes a world where there was a vast interstellar human empire and then, and much like Traveler, something went terribly wrong with faster than light travel. Mm. And hundreds of years have passed, and only now are people beginning to crawl out of that dark age. So the best faster than light travel can only jump three hexes. Okay. If I have a star that's like two stars that are four hexes away from each other, the people who live there, even if they've recovered faster than light travel or extrasolar uh, space travel probably don't know each other are there. Right. Are we continuing with our, you know, bleak format that we've been the tradition we've been carrying over in our last two? Um, I think we would, we, I think we had joked around about the idea of like, this all started with people leaving earth and massive spaceships. And then they all hit the faster than light travel and said, see you on the other side. And then none of them made it there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something went horribly wrong with everybody's faster than light technology and they all got scattered to different places we could i'm kind of curious to see what the tags we roll up for the stars suggest fair enough because with this one we have the option of having more than one world so we can have one where things are horribly bleak and i'm sure <laughs> we'll roll one up uh and we're good at that but we might have another one where things are like oh no everybody was pretty much fine they were sad that they couldn't talk to friends, you know, the next star system over anymore. But, you know, there was no societal collapse. We had enough technology. You know, we weren't we were in a colony world that was just settled out where everybody fucking died 200 years ago because it was never self-sustaining. I dig. All right. Give me another location. Seven. Eight. Uh, seven, eight. Ah, oh, you sunk my battleship. Okay. One more. Five. Three. All right. And one more. Eight. Three. Oh, whew, we have two that are close enough to know about each other. I was worried <laughs> we were going to have just like, here's a whole bunch of isolated places. Uh, so since we'd be populating this with 25 stars, it would eventually start to get kind of crowded. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. So now, much like the other things, we're going to generate tags. So we're going to generate world tags, and I think we won't look them up yet. We'll just get the keywords. Okay. Uh, B100. Hold on one second. Or maybe longer than a second. Okay, this will be for our star that is at 1-5. D100. 81. 
81 sealed menace what does that mean we'll find out all right uh, and then what's the other tag 13 13 cold war oh okay and then we will do the one that's at 210 43 43 is gonna be a local tech and the second one 69 nice uh major space yard you're telling me okay next we'll do the one that's at five three 34 hatred it's a star of hatred welcome to the hate star hate star sounds like the villain from like one of those like late 80s early 90s like laser hawks cartoon what was silver hawks you uh know? there was the the cowboy on mars one and then there was the one with just the cows like they Marshall were just brave cow, star right cowboys. yeah <laughs> it is our villain hate star 82. Ooh, I bet that's a good one. Secret Masters. <laughs> All right. And then we have the world that is at 8395. Urbanized surface. It's Coruscant. <laughs> 100. Ooh, zombies. <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> oh a zombie sized city planet that is uh <laughs> that that is fun that's just a good time right there yeah and There's this is the one that there. can reach the neighbor with the <laughs> hatred and the secret master of course <laughs> of course okay and then we have one that is at eight seven 38 38 is going to be uh holy war all right 76 76 is gonna be rigid culture this sounds like a really pleasant place to visit if you need a break from the zombie city planet just come on down <laughs> what could be worse than a planet that's just in one big city oh yeah zombies <laughs> there's a zombie plague or there was a zombie plague. Yeah, now it's just all zombie. <laughs> Zombies all the way down. All right, we're going to get an atmosphere for the primary world with these tags at each of our planets. We're just going to run through them real quick. So give me a 2d6. Eight. Eight. The sealed menace planet with a cold war has a breathable atmosphere. Oh, perfect. That's all right. probably why it's sealed. <laughs> The local tech major space yard planet six has a breathable atmosphere. Oh, perfect. Okay. The world full of hatred and secret masters is a six. Hey, we've got a breathable atmosphere. <laughs> the urbanized surface zombie world. <laughs> Come on. Stay guys. Oh, has more. a corrosive atmosphere <laughs> okay i i just love this one because it is reachable from another one and that's just like this cannot be the starting planet but like 
if you get here it is insanely dangerous and incredibly valuable yes yes the highest amount of riches or potential profit should be on the city planet full of zombies with a corrosive atmosphere <laughs> yes uh, i mean this sounds like a fucking Zack snyder movie kind mm -hmm. of yeah but you know can we go there you can certainly try uh holy war rigid culture world <laughs> can that be its official name <laughs> i got a five welcome to holy war rigid cultural world the exodus through the church <laughs> got a five okay we got a breathable atmosphere there too so oh, perfect corrosive atmosphere i this one's fun it's very dangerous to conventional vac suits and other protective gear because they rip away at the pores wiring connections and weak spots until they eventually break it down I'm and then you're it. breathing the zombie city atmosphere yeah which i'm sure is wouldn't it be awesome if it's in the atmosphere the thing that turned everybody into zombies <laughs> oh I, I think it it definitely is <laughs> yeah like so yeah so it's like impossible to protect yourself from it if the atmosphere itself is breaking down your equipment yep 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 okay we're gonna get the temperature for them so we're gonna do 2d6 again real quick local tech major space yard breathable atmosphere it is a balmy number seven 70 degrees oh it's temperate the world of hatred and secret masters nine oh tropical world it's variable warm okay our zombie city planet nine variable warm so it's like florida <laughs> and holy war rigid culture six temperate all right cool cool uh biosphere biosphere yep seven seven okay i learned a word from this book oh. i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly but it's missable missable i-b-l-e and it means you can eat it a human miscible biosphere means that the native plants and animals like don't contain proteins that will give you perma cancer um you can eat the things that live here and they can eat you so they will all right the local tech major space yard world eight eight human miscible okay hatred secret masters world 10 10 immiscible you can't eat it you can't eat it so they have to like they have to grow all their food probably in sheltered like earth-like biosphere domes or some shit because you can't survive off the plants and animals on this world cool and then uh the urbanized surface zombie world i got an 11. hybrid oh 
So it's a hybrid of the, oh, I love how these things come together. It's a <laughs> hybrid of an earth biosphere and the native biosphere. And when those things got together. Zombies. Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and then Holy War, Rigid Culture World. Eight. Human Missable again. Okay. We're not getting any real wild swings. That's okay. What were our other options? Remnant, microbial. Yeah, remnant is like, there used to be life here. You can tell. Because <laughs> uh, everything's petrified trees and planes of bone, you know, the things we like. Right. Uh, but uh, microbial is everything is tiny. Life's just gotten started sort of thing. There's no native biosphere. Human miscible means humans can interact with it, eat there. Immiscible means, yeah, it's way too alien. Hybrid is a mixture of an stable intermixing of earth plants and animals with local stuff. Um, and then engineered is, uh, yeah, everything here was made by some weird alien race. And it's very clearly made. Like, right. All right, and then we got one last thing to determine before we jump into the details with our tags. Population? So, actually, two, because we got population and tech level. Uh, population for the sealed menace Cold War world. Nine. Nine. Hundreds of millions of inhabitants. Perfect. Next, we have an eight. Uh, several million people live on the local tech space world. Ten. Uh, hundreds of millions on the secret masters, uh, and hatred world. Okay. Six. Our zombie world has several million inhabitants. Okay. Now question. Are the several million inhabitants, are those the survivors? Like, do I mean, the zombies count as inhabitants? I don't know. I mean, I think if there were, like, it had a population of billions because the whole surface was a city. Mm -hmm. And now several million is surviving somehow, like, deep beneath in the old sewers, deep beneath. Like, how many is several? Like, two, three? I'd say like three to five. Okay. I mean, they're so, obviously not all together, but maybe scattered right. across the whole city planet. Yeah. I mean, you could, I think there's a lot more than several million zombies. Oh, there has to be. That's my whole point. If you have an entire city planet and there are zombies, then the zombies aren't the inhabitants. They're they're uh, unless they're like intelligent, which I, that's not how I viewed them. Yeah, no, they're, they're, mindless monstrosities yeah they're not living there they're just like destroying everything yeah you know so the idea of like and several million could be like whatever kind of intel the the party is getting going into this planet they could be like you know last estimation of survivable inhabitants on this planet puts it at several million you know, and then somebody, you know, one of your player characters would be like, when, when was the last time that data was updated? And they'd be like, 
700 years ago? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> then it's just a big question mark, you know? Yep. I think that's how you handle that. Yep. Don't try and restart terraforming after you cover the entire world with a city. Because you know what would be cool, and I hope I'm not getting too far ahead of ahead of ourselves here, but it would be cool that it would be cool if that planet was just like the first like arc, like six to twelve adventures, and it yeah. ends with just like complete nuke of the planet like they found something to just like destroy that the the zombies just burning it to the ground just nuking the shit out of it the problem is by doing that it's going to destroy whatever there is of value there so it's like the player characters are racing against the clock to get get in survive get the shit and get out before the whole thing goes up in flames Yep. And there's probably no polity or political. I love it's Kevin Crawford's word. There's no polity that can project force to barricade this world. Right. Like there might be like one rinky dink beacon, like do not land. Yeah. <laughs> Zombies. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they cannot risk this getting off the planet for any reason, you know? And there could be stories of like near misses where adventurer types went down to the planet and got bitten. You know what I mean? Yep. Or at least that's the fear. Maybe the several million inhabitants like live in like orbital space stations. Oh, cool. I like they're the survivors. Yeah. And they're they're the ones that are like this should absolutely get nuked, you know. Or maybe some of them are like we absolutely need a weapon to nuke this, and some of them are like no, we have to find the cure. We can recover our yes, world. Yes, of course. And yes. so yeah, I just read a book with that, except it was octopi. It was octopi. What does that mean? It was uplifted octopi. Who had this gray gray goo thing take over their world and they fled their orbital stations. And so they're constantly at war with like the infections getting up, (laughs) like blow up that space station or like we can, we can save it or like, no, we can, we can't, we're just going to live here now. It was. Yeah. Cause then you could make one of the valuable things, the cure. (laughs) And one of the valuable things, the nuke. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then there's two parties that are trying to leverage like wealth and and power to the party to pull this off. Yeah. So it's like you put a moral quandary in the hands of the party. Like, do you nuke this place or do you go after the cure? And then you make the nuke option so much more easier. It's a classic fuck around and find out scenario. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, then we just, yeah, we just need inhabitants for the holy war rigid culture world. Okay. 10. 10. Oh, I turned the page too early. Hundreds of millions. Ooh. On page 166 population. 
And then are we doing tech level next? Yep. Page 168, dear listener. So the tech level goes up to uh, five. And basically at tech level zero, it's like Stone Age technology. Tech level one is like medieval technology. Tech level two is like the 1800s, early industrial age. Uh, tech level four is modern um, post-tech, which is basically the the stuff that's been made after started to climb out of the fall tech level three is like that of present day earth tech level four plus means like you have some specialties where the tech's a little advanced and tech level five is like pre-fall with the surviving infrastructure to keep it going and maintaining it okay seven okay so seven is tech level four modern post-tech Tech level four for the world with the sealed menace and a cold war going on. Mm -hmm. What are you fighting about? <laughs> Nine. Uh, the world with the local tech in a major space yard that I guess is abandoned is tech level three. Okay. An abandoned space yard is probably pretty valuable. Seven. Seven is. Tech level four. Okay. Six. The survivors on the zombie world have a tech level of four. Modern post tech. Nine. Uh, oh, this is so Star Trek. The uh, <laughs> Holy War rigid culture world has a has a tech level similar to modern day earth <laughs> in the 20th century there were camps like this in every major city <laughs> <laughs> thank you cisco baseball all right that done we can dig into our tags. Which one do we want to do? Start with the first one. Okay. The sealed menace cold war. All right. So what we're going to need to do, because we're going to, this one also uses our enemies, friends, complication, threat, and, uh, what was the P? places yes okay what page is this on uh the world tags well there's a hundred of them so it starts we should start with the zombie world you want to start with the zombie world yeah I, i'm i'm feeling limber okay so is this yeah. the one where we need a d4 a d6 no we're not actually this isn't a one roll table Okay. I'm going to look up. Do you want to do uh, urbanized surface or zombies? I mean, I want to do them both. Well, to save time, I'm going to look at one. You're going to look at the other one. Ah, okay. We'll, I, we'll I want, I want uh, urbanized. What page? Okay. Urbanized surface is they're in alphabetical order. So this is on page. Oh, wow. They're on the same page spread. You're on 158. 
I'm on 159. All right. You want to read your little paragraph for urbanized surface? I do. I do. I really do. And I would love nothing more than to read this. So I'm going to page 158. The world's land area is covered with buildings that extend downward for multiple levels. Such worlds either have a population in the trillions, extremely little land area, or are largely abandoned due to some past catastrophe. Agriculture and resource extraction are part of the urban complex, and there may be an advanced maintenance system that may not be entirely under the control of present natives. Zombies. <laughs> this menace may not take the form of shambling corpses, but some disease, alien artifact, or crazed local practice produces men and women with habits similar to those of murderous cannibal undead. These outbreaks may be regular elements in local society, either provoked by some malevolent creators or the consequences of some local condition. Love it. I love it. These two go together very, very well. I think they do. So yeah. one of the things they recommend doing is picking one from each category on both sides and then combining them. Okay. So what do you have for enemies? I have uh, maintenance AI that hates outsiders. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, this is brilliant. <laughs> the first one. Uh, tyrant of uh, habitation block. Uh, deep dwelling prophet who considers the sky, in quotes, a blasphemy to be quelled. I love a maintenance AI that hates outsiders, especially after everything we just kind of you know, talked about like that's an added step in the adventure, you know, is that you have to deal with this fucking maintenance AI that hates people <laughs> who are from the planet. It's fucking <laughs> brilliant. This game is like writing itself in my head right now. I mean, but that's been our experience with every one of these, right? I know. Like, I know. Yeah. 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 I, I actually was talking to uh, one of our listeners at work today. Hi, Chai. Thanks for your listen. And uh, like I was telling him about what it was, what went through my head the moment the words, uh, the desert of teeth came out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay. Enemies. Soulless Maltech biotechnology cult. Not all of the technology of the agents was good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A sinister governmental agent or a crazed zombie cultist. <laughs> wow. I like a crazed zombie cultist, but I also like the sinister agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like them all. That's my only criticism of these books, and it's a stupid criticism. It's like I like everything. So how do we mash them up? How do we mash up a maintenance AI that hates outsiders and a sinister agent and a zombie cultist or a zombie cultist? Yeah. Well, we have to, the first thing we have to do is decide like, what is the mechanism of zombieism in on this planet? 
right? Like if you were to go for the traditional zombie of they're undead, you get bitten, blah, 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 blah. But there's also the sci-fi element of like, you know, there was a mixture. What well, we had like a mixture of atmosphere or a mixture of alien life and terraformed life. Wasn't that something we rolled up? Am I misremembering mm -hmm. this correctly? Yeah. So what you could have is a brand new life form that got created by merging this old alien life and the new terraforming life that was brought to the planet and developed on the planet. And it's just been rapidly evolving in the background over hundreds of years and then started spreading into the populace and creating zombie-like creatures. And the caveat of this game, the twist, if you will, is that these aren't just zombies. This is a brand new burgeoning life form. And like that's part of the moral quandary. Ooh. It's definitely an infectious life form, but uh yeah. Yeah. Um I'm just I don't know how this work. What what if in the collapse when the zombie outbreak happened? Right. The AI, the maintenance AI, it's losing nodes and it's losing drones just under the wave of these zombie things. Um what if as it shunts itself from system to system to like keep itself going to maintain things and uh like oh and here's here's why the neighboring world's armadas in the distance and anybody that tries to run is getting shot out of the sky because they can't risk it spreading mm -hmm. yeah and that's why it hates outsiders <laughs> <laughs> What okay. if there was someone like in a lab that was like all wired up, like part cyborg or something, uh, like as a part of a cure and it had to transfer its consciousness into that thing. And mm -hmm. so it's fused with the crazed zombie cultist who just doesn't die. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is going places. Yeah. I like it. So it's like a cyborg zombie plus an AI on its back. Right. Yeah. And then like that really does offer opportunities to change the way we think of zombieism and artificial intelligence because the AI component could also be rewriting itself or adapting. And then you could have a, an extrapolation on that where it's like the AI is essentially creating zombie nodes or zombie um like they could trade one zombie for another <laughs> you know what I mean yeah but in doing so it gives the zombie a little bit of sentience but its brain is so warped by this that like it's right. it's dangerously insane <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Cool. Oh, it's like a it's like an arms race between the AI's programming ability uh and the actual contagion itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Let's get a friend. <laughs> okay. I've got a local yearning for wild spaces. A grubby urchin of the underlevels, a harried engineer trying to maintain ancient works, 
and a grizzled habcop. What is a habcop? Like, uh, like a, it mean it's like the hab the hab unit where you live. He's like a beat cop. Oh, hab is short for habitat. Yeah, gotcha. I've got survivor of an outbreak, doctor searching for a cure, uh, or rebel against the secret malefactors. <laughs> what okay. if there's a zombie that got free and it is sentient? It is just like, we know this is wrong. We have to stop it. <laughs> Wait, so there's a zombie working with you to stop the other zombies? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like the AI left, but it didn't burn this host and then the thing over time is just like oh wait <laughs> like these people that we use as hosts are people like we're killing them this isn't okay yeah i only got to know that by by uh um forming a sentimental relationship with this grubby urchin of the underlevels or this grizzled hab cop i don't think there's cops anymore <laughs> down there <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true i think uh i don't know what do you think for yours i a like hairy engineer makes sense it does make sense but i also like the grubby urchin of the under levels there's something like iconic horror movie about the kid that managed to survive somehow and it's like, you know, it's in like aliens. It's in most it's, come at night, mostly. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. It, it, it is a staple of the genre. And I feel like adding that into this like massive fusion of sci-fi and horror, I think it, it it's like a, a, a foundational like node in the storytelling to like, um, keep this from going too crazy. You know what I mean? I feel like and this could be a whole other episode, but I feel like sometimes when we create games, we kind of get ahead of ourselves and we need to put in these reference points for our players to kind of anchor on that. Like as we're getting weirder and weirder or we, you know what I mean? It's like, well, this has all the elements you're used to. So you know how to handle this situation. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, is that like, I've noticed this in our last episode, it didn't hurt us. It paid off. We came up with some cool ideas, <laughs> but we've been trying to connect everything to everything else. Mm -hmm. I say for this one, we just let there be two potential friends, yes. the zombie with the conscience and the grubby urchin of the under under city. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, complication the urban blocks are needed to survive the environment the blocks were part of an ancient device of world spanning size the blocks require constant maintenance to avoid dangerous types of decay the zombies retain human intelligence the zombies can be cured the process is voluntary among devotees the condition is infectious I think most of those apply to what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I think the pro it can be cured uh, and the condition is infectious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are the two we should definitely keep. Um, the urban blocks are needed to survive. The environment is a no-brainer. It's a corrosive yep. atmosphere. Yep. So I think that's definitely one we could keep. 
Um, the blocks require constant maintenance to avoid dangerous types of decay. That's an easy one. I mean, that's yeah. low hanging fruit. You know, I don't mind using multiple from these. Okay. These are all complications. Right. Uh, thing. Uh, I have massively efficient power source. Map of the secret ways of a zone. Pass key into restricted hab block areas. I have cure for the condition. The alien artifact that causes it. Or the details of the cult's conversion process. I think the cure is our... The cure, yeah. Yeah. Like um, Robert yeah. Smith, just down there. Big hair. That's right. <laughs> it was me all along. Uh, I don't know if that's how he sounds. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and I think from my set, um, a map of the secret ways of a zone, I think is is really good. Yeah. That could get you to the nuke or to the cure. Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, place. Giant hab block now devoid of inhabitants. Chemical reeking underway. Seawater mine full of salt and massive flowing channels. House with boarded up windows. Dead city. Fortified bunker that was overrun from within. I like fortified bunker that was overrun from within that's definitely where one of the important things <laughs> is yes yeah. um i like chemical reeking underway from the urbanized service yeah well that's where the life is <laughs> yeah yeah it makes sense there should be something that is inhibiting the zombies from going into certain areas even if nobody has figured it out exactly like what it is. And I feel like the chemical reeking underways, whatever the chemicals are that's causing that that reek could be part of that thing that's temporarily holding the zombies back. And that's why there are still people. Right. But like they're living in these to terrible... To the upper city, going into the hab blocks like up above is... Yeah, like you you need a safe zone or at least a temporarily safe zone. For sure. Cool. What do we want to call this world? Um, we want to use the naming conventions we've used in the past, which is a celebrity's name backwards. <laughs> I say we just go like Babylonian. Like okay. For everything. Sure. Yeah, that works too. Okay. Do you speak Babylonian by any You know, I took two years of uh, Babylonian in high school, but I got to be honest with you, I thought it was really boring and I just slept through most of it. Oh, okay. But that was ancient Babylonian. Oh, okay. Here's the Akkadian Dictionary. Oh, no. Is it going to give it to me in French? I mean, to be honest, if you really want to learn ancient Babylonian, you need to get out in the workplace where it's being used. I know, I know. Or like date an ancient Babylonian girl. Like, yeah, that usually helps. Or boy. Yeah, whatever your preference is. Um, I think <clears throat> Tehu. 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 
It okay. means to a cost. <laughs> Perfect. Just as long All as right. it doesn't mean something like the man in the living room, then we should be good. <laughs> to a cost to boldly approach. <laughs> to boldly approach. Perfect. Yep. So there we go. We did it. We got a whole sector of space. We got some world with some tags. We got fertile stuff for our first adventure. Next time, we'll flesh out some more of these worlds. Okay. And then what are we doing for the third episode? Because in each one of these, we do three. We did a cyberpunk one and made an adventure. We did a fantasy one and then kind of hobbled our way through doing a 5e race. <laughs> and Make a ship for the assists for rules as written. Okay. Make a ship. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Cool, cool, cool. And then what are we going to do for the final episode of season two? Our 12th episode. Won't that be the 12th one? No. That will be number 11. Yeah. Oh, okay. For the 12th episode, listener, because Jesse doesn't remember, we are going to play a game of microscope. That's right. <laughs> Jesse, what is microscope? Microscope is an index card based game of creating a history for a world. Right. And that's so that's what we're going to do to round out season two. And then we will take some time off in between seasons, uh, but there will be bonus episodes on the feed. And then we will come screaming back into season three. We are going to do book reviews. We are going to devote 12 episodes, one episode per, to a gaming book that either Jesse or I chose that we wanted to read and then do like a full review on the podcast so season three will be all about book reviews content gaming books we're gonna read a lot in the <laughs> mid-season break <laughs> yeah yeah so we got our work cut out for us and hopefully this idea will actually happen <laughs> <laughs> but we uh we're gonna have jesse put the uh, order of our books the order of the episodes in case you want to read along with us at home and we figured we'd let you know now because there are a lot of books uh, so I'm going to read them off real quick. This may be subject to change. Let's take turns reading them. Okay. You go first. First, in a weird sort of parody with our very first episode, we're going to review Velvet Generation. Yeah, I can't wait. I really like this book. And and we're biased, Rich Ronaldo, friend of the show. Uh, but I can't wait to delve in deeper into this book. And then number two is going to be a book that I've heard a lot about and I've always wanted to do, always wanted to actually read, and that is Index Card RPG. What do you know about it? I know that it it uses a very simple, straightforward, effective system to run games. Um, it has a lot of really like easy to understand, kind of like out of the box style rules to play different genre. And then it has a really cool index card system that you can use to help like create like a town, for example, out of scratch where you're like, okay, well, you're in a town, here's, you know, the farm, here's the chapel, here's the, you know, you just lay down all the buildings off of the deck. Uh, so there's a lot of like really cool, really creative ideas in it. And I, it's something I've always wanted to check out and just haven't done yet. Okay, uh, up next we will do Shadow Dark. 
Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I saw the Kickstarter for this one and it is absolutely astounding that I didn't pull the trigger on it and I have regrets. Yeah. The art for alone for this book makes me want to read it. <laughs> that hasn't happened in a long time. It looks like a really cool OSR style, super dark, uh, game. And I'm excited to, to delve into it. Uh, after that, we have Troika. I don't know anything about this game. Jesse, this was your suggestion. Uh, also, OSRE, um, when you read it, like, I feel like just the list of character classes in this game, it's like they stuck a needle into your brain specifically, Maddie, and <laughs> withdrew some stuff and just distilled it onto the page. Awesome. Because half those character classes are like fever dreams which is what Matt normally plays. <laughs> right, yeah, it's so true. And then number five, Jesse. Yep, Fate Core. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have are familiar with this book. I don't know if I've re ever read it from start to finish. I've run multiple Fate games and played in Fate, and it was, of course, the darling of the story game community a decade ago. So, basically until apocalypse world came in and ate its lunch but yeah 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 and and the thing about fate is i think that this is a game that more people need to know about so i'd like to put a spotlight on it okay and then after that we have a game called ultraviolet grasslands which i've never heard of <laughs> um so have you ever seen the cover of Ralph Bakshi's The Wizards? Yes. Okay. Now imagine if the movie was what your brain made from that cover instead of what the movie actually was. Okay. Yep. That's fair. Ultra Grasslands. All right. I am excited and about that. Listening this. to a whole lot of like, yes, while you were <laughs> imagining that. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what are we running after that? Or reading Bakshi. after that? Shadowrun Anarchy, which is the, uh, I forget, I don't know if it's FASA these days. I don't know what to call these people. <laughs> uh, but they had a, a story game based system that they did for a hard sci-fi game whose name eludes me at the moment, but they ported it into Shadowrun. So it's a story game based version of Shadowrun that is rules light. Yeah, I'm super excited about this one. Jesse and I, in a in a in a way, there's a set of games that he and I have both collectively cut our teeth on. Um, Rips is in that category. Shadowrun is definitely in that category. And and then in our adult years, we we ran and played in a lot of Shadowrun. So I am I am very excited to see what this what this is like. And right now. Oh, after that, uh, number eight, episode eight of season three will be playing Gia. Um, this is something that I put on the list. <laughs> Jesse, this is a book that Jesse has talked about on this podcast, and I have become interested in this book because of Jesse. And, uh, and, and so I, I, I'm all in, I want to read this whole thing from cover to cover and talk about it. So this one, Jesse inspired this one, but I was the one that put it on the list. All right, number nine, episode nine will be <clears throat> Trophy Dark. What is Trophy Dark? Trophy Dark is the reason I didn't buy Shadow Dark, because I was like, I have Trophy Dark. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Trophy Dark is an incredibly woodcut-looking, illustrated story of doomed adventurers. Go, It's a death spiral game oh, nice. where you're going to go into a forest that hates you seeking treasure, and you will go mad and fail and be changed. Oh, I love this already. All right, number 10 is uh, uh, something Jesse put on the list, Transformers, the role-playing game. I think this is absolutely perfect. Um, I've heard a lot about this game from multiple people and I, I have a prediction, Jesse, I have a prediction that after we do this book, uh, one of us is going to be running, uh, this game. Oh, damn. That would be an absolute (laughs) shame. (laughs) And by then the, uh, the combiners book will be out. Oh, perfect. Cause my favorite transformer of all time is the combiner form of the constructicons devastator he is the most powerful decepticon yep but remember nobody calls soundwave uncrasomatic <laughs> that's right uh after transformers role-playing game we are going to review a game that is very little known um people have never heard of it i think they're going to be shocked it's called blades in the dark and we will add to the incredibly massive pile of reviews of this indie darling that has transformed uh, story gaming the way fate yeah. did a decade ago. Yeah. And I, I think that blades in the dark will definitely take its place in like the history of gaming. Uh, and I, I, I think it's a very well-earned uh, book to be reviewed. And uh, so I'm super excited. You and I have both read this book. We've run and played adventures in it. So this is going to be like, this is going to be kind of like a love letter to the people who created this game. Looked at it with a critical eye. And if you're, oh, it'll be over. So I'll tell you, there is a Blades in the Dark bundle on bundle of holding right now. Okay. uh, Which is the core book and then some digital versions of the card packs. And uh, I'm sorry, dear listener. I just, I'm just excited about this. They have a blades in the dark hack called mountain home. That's basically dwarf fortress. Oh, nice. It's you play dwarf fortress as, using the blades in the dark rules. And I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now did blaze in the blades in the dark, did it create the clock system or did it just popularize it? I think it just popularized it. And I mean, just popularized it as in like made it like a core mechanic of game and culture, a default add in that is like in roll 20. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I have, I have been, I I have wanted to put so many things in clocks <laughs> in other games just because of blades in the dark. I feel really confident that apocalypse world has clocks. Okay. But they're mentioned as a tool and they're not like a core mechanic. Right. Like. You're not instructed by the game to create a clock. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we are going to round everything out with season three, episode 12, Soulbound, the Age of Sigma. So this one, uh, we both like this system a lot. Uh, we, I was running a campaign of it for a while. And so while it's not necessarily new to either of us, we'll be very tired at this point and <laughs> just wanted something that was like the pause that refreshes. I like any system that inspires me to mess around with it and want to not just play the rules as written in the setting as written, but also just begin daydreaming about what else you could do with it. 
And Soulbound Age of Sigmar is definitely a book that does that for me. So this one will definitely, you know, will definitely be a, a review of love. You know, it'll be a love letter to the people who wrote that book. And then in season four, y'all better start writing us some letters. <laughs> and if they wanted to write us, how, you know, do we have like an email address or something? Uh, yeah, it's jauntymantis at gmail.com. Oh, cool. And we have read your email, Chris. We will talk about it on air <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I feel, I feel like we need to do like mailbag episodes at some point. Um, but I would like to get bonus episodes made responding to our um, our fan, fan, our listener write-in emails. I can't even believe people listen to this. I told you my my cousin listens, right? It's no, amazing. I don't think you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Over Thanksgiving, my cousin was like, hey, I listen to your podcast. And then he started making like referential jokes. He's like, I'm like one of your three listeners, you know, the Jawanti Mantis. And I was like, what's happening right now? Are you serious? I'm like, wow, why do you your... listen? Thanks for listening, Maddie's cousin. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so definitely for sure. All right. Well, uh, you know, dear listener, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so through our Gmail or through our social medias, Juwanti Mantis on Twitter, uh, Jingoist Fett on Twitter, or Jaunty Mantis on Braids or Threads or whatever it's called. I don't know. I don't like social yeah, media. Instagram. I, I guess you can message on that. I'm old. <laughs> and, uh, you know, until next time, Get out there and create some fucking awesome star systems. Create zombie city planets with AI wired to the janitor who's gone crazed and runs a cult now. That's right. Yeah. And until next time. <laughs> <laughs>